0: The number one thing that you need to do to lose fat, not just weight, but fat, is to put yourself in a calorie deficit. That means that more energy is going out than coming in. And there are certain things that we have to do to tweak that to make sure that the, the fat that you're losing fat and not muscle. What's up, my friend, and welcome back to the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm health expert, Ted Rice, and I'm coming to you from Vero Beach, Florida. Actually, I'm in my dad's house, staying here while he's getting back in shape after getting very out of shape during quarantine. And that is what today's episode is about. How to get back in shape after the quarantine. So many of us went to the doom and gloom. We let our negative emotions take over, our fear, our uncertainty. We stay glued to the television, watching the news, and we got out of shape. And so as things start to open up, because you didn't join my coaching program or my free challenge, you've kind of uh, let yourself go. And you're probably wondering, okay, well, how should I approach getting back in shape? That's what we're going to cover today. And if this is your first time listening to the show, what we do on the Legendary Life podcast is that we break down science-based information on how to lose fat, prevent disease, and live a longer, healthier, legendary life. So if that's what you're interested in, you're in the right place. Click that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts so that whenever one of my episodes, interviews, or Real Talk Friday episodes come out, you'll be the first to know. And if you've been listening for a while, you probably heard about our legendary life quarantine challenge, our uh, coronavirus challenge. That is still going on. We'll probably change the name as the quarantine goes away, but we're gonna be running it, I think, once a month. However, for those of you who are signed up right now and waiting, because we've been getting your messages. Excuse me, when is this free challenge going to happen? I've been waiting for this free challenge, not paying anything for it, but I am really feel entitled to send you messages and bother you about when you're going to do this free challenge that I'm not going to pay for. Thank you for your messages. Not all of them have been that way, by the way. But uh, we're, we're going to be launching it soon. And, uh, you know, I'm just teasing you a bit. We're happy to do it. We always get clients out of it, at least the two times that we've run it. And it's nice to give back even to the people who will never be fine. So if you want to get on the waiting list for that, go to legendarylife.com podcast.com slash challenge and you can get on the waiting list we will be running it in june probably towards the end of june sorry but my family comes first but i promise you we will run it soon and uh the last week of june is what we have in mind but um got to see what my dad is up to when he gets out of the rehab so let's get into it today you've been if you're like most people You've been sitting on the couch, watching a lot of TV, eating too much, so your energy intake has increased, your energy output has decreased, your weight has increased, your body fat percentage has increased, and you want to get it back, and that's understandable. First thing I want to say is be easy with yourself. Not everyone can rise to the occasion, or let's say not everyone is at the point emotionally to rise to the occasion to where they tackle what we went through with um, like, like a superhero, like a Superman or a Superwoman. And if you didn't do that, it's okay. If you felt like you had to take care of your family and you put yourself aside, it's okay. Not the best strategy. You got to work on that. Got to work on that all-or-nothing mindset, but it's okay. And here's what I want you to avoid, and this is what we'll be talking about. I don't want you to go back into the gym and pull a New Year's Eve, right? A New Year's resolution, I should say, where you go back in and kill yourself, and uh, that lasts for a week or two or maybe even three or four, and then you're like, okay, I'm hurting everywhere. I'm so sore. I hate exercise now. And I'm going to stop. And then you fall back into your old habits. So how can we approach things in a way that is more sustainable, that will lead to great results? That's what we're going to get into. And the first thing I I want to tell you is you need to even think about whether going back to the gym is right for you because of the risk of getting COVID. And if you're already out of shape, the biggest risk factors for COVID complications, right? Most people, uh, you know, and I'm, I have, I kind of lost track. I know I did a couple of episodes talking about COVID, kind of lost track with it, but I'll tell you what I do know is that the biggest complications are obesity, metabolic dysfunction. In other words, you're, you've got high blood sugar, pre diabetic blood sugar levels high hemoglobin A1C, or full-blown diabetes. And those are the biggest complications, causes of complications for COVID for people under 55. So are you obese? Do you have high blood sugar? Might want to think about that. Might have a harder go at COVID if you happen to get it. And now let's talk about how fat loss works. And I've talked about this many times, but I know you've been filling your head with all types of things. So let's go back over it to get clear. The number one thing that you need to do to lose fat, not just weight, but fat, is to put yourself in a calorie deficit. That means that more energy is going out than coming in and there're certain things that we have to do to tweak that to make sure that the the fat that you're losing fat and not muscle. So for example, if I wanted to have someone lose as much weight as possible, I would have them do cardio, as much cardio as I could get them to do, and I would put them on the lowest amount of calories that I could that I could get them to eat. And what would happen is the scale would drop quickly. They would lose a lot of pounds, but unfortunately, they would lose one third of that to maybe one half of that would be muscle. That is what you want to avoid, ladies and gentlemen, because losing muscle is like losing money in your bank account. It's, uh, it happens as we get older anyway. It's called sarcopenia. We lose muscle as we get older. Why would you want to get older by doing a stupid approach to weight loss? That's what most people do. And by the way, muscle does burn more calories than fat, by, but not by much. But it, what it does do is it helps you keep your body bigger because bigger people have burn more calories. And when you have more muscle, you can get away with eating more food. And that's important. And you look better naked. Little bonus there. So how do we make sure that we maximize fat loss, minimize muscle growth? I'm sorry, minimize muscle loss or even maximize muscle growth. Well, the first thing that you need to do is you need to take in less calories from the foods that you're eating. And this is huge. This is the thing. Oh, but what about cutting carbs? I heard that carbs raise your insulin levels, and insulin is a fat storing hormone. So, when you eat carbs, it raises insulin and then it just stores it right as fat. Well, guess what? You can get fat eating fat too. That's why you see so many overweight and obese, low carb zealots get into fights with them all. Actually, they just argue with me. I just ignore them usually on Twitter because uh, here's the difference I'm lean, I know what works, I get people lean. I'm not interested in having a conversation with someone who is not lean, who just wants to have an intellectual argument when uh, that's like saying, oh, you, you know, that's like someone arguing with Warren Buffett, like, hey, man, you don't know what you're doing when it comes to making money. Mm-hmm. So what I want to tell you is you've got to eat less calories than you burn. How do you know if you're doing that? Easy. You're getting leaner. And there are some things that we need to do again to prioritize fat loss and minimize muscle loss or even maximize muscle growth during that time. So the second most important thing is you've got to keep your protein high. This is the second most important thing, nutritionally speaking. Keeping your protein high does a few different things. Number one, helps minimize muscle loss. A huge mistake that so many dieters make is they go low protein. They cut calories, but they cut calories from protein. Go low. They end up losing weight, but a good uh, part of that weight happens to be muscle. Don't do that. That's that's. I don't. I don't even want to say that's amateur stuff. It's below amateur stuff. That is just. I don't know what I'm doing. Type of behavior. Please don't do that. A good place to start with protein if you're. Overweight or obese is 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. So multiply 0.7 times your weight. If you're overweight or obese, that's a good place to start. If you're normal body weight and you're looking to get lean, you know, if you're, and what is that? I'll just use body fat percentages. If you're under 20% as a man or under 30% as a woman body fat. Well, how would I know, Ted? Well, you get an in-body test. Don't rely on those handheld ones that you buy at home, uh, that you buy from Amazon and get at home. Take a real one or don't even use it. I had just a quick uh, story here. I had a client who her home body fat scale was telling her she was at 30%. She went and got an in-body. She was at 20%. It was off 10%. That is huge. That's like going to the bank. And saying, how much money do I have in here? Um, You know, um, you know and you, you, you got 30 grand uh, plus or minus 10,000. It might be 40 grand. I don't know. Something around in there. It's like, ah, you're fired. This is a terrible bank. Well, that's the type of scale that you have if you have one of those. It's like going to the bank and asking how much money you have there, and they don't know. Why would you put up with that? You wouldn't put up with that in a bank, but you put up with it from your scale. Get rid of that scale. Give it to someone you don't like. So that's how you would figure out what your body fat percentage is. So if you're overweight or obese, 0.7 grams per pound. If you are normal weight, you can rock anywhere from 0.7 all the way to 1.1.5. That would be really a lot, maybe 1.2 would be a more conservative, but I've seen people do 1.5. I don't personally uh, do that high, but one, let's say 0.7 to 1.2 grams per pound. Hit your protein target. I'm telling you this right now, and this is what my clients pay me for. So go do it. You're getting coaching right now for free. Figure it out. Hit your protein target. Oh, but I don't know how, well, you better join a coaching group. You better figure it out on your own or to join a coaching group, right? Or, or, you know, hire someone to help you. The next thing that you want to do is make sure that 80% of your foods come from whole foods. And then you can, you, can, you know, 80 to 90% for those of you who are more conservative and like to eat 90%, 80 to 90% whole foods. Calorie is a calorie. However, foods aren't foods white sugar isn't the same as a potato white sugar has no vitamins and minerals it only has carbs and it's pre it's processed so you're going to you're going to get all those calories out of it there's not going to be any your body doesn't have to work to get the calories out but with a potato it's got fiber it, it if you eat the whole thing including the skin it's going to process that out it's got fiber it's got water in it it's got insoluble fiber it's got soluble fiber It's got things in it that your body has to digest. It costs energy. Another thing is that a potato is really going to help you with your hunger levels. You could eat a whole bag of sugar and probably still feel like you need to eat something. So whole foods help with satiety levels. They help you feel full. They help. They bring vitamins and minerals that are important to your health. So that's the next thing. And that's kind of the basics with nutrition. So you got to eat less food. You know, you got to cut back on calories somewhere. You got to increase your protein. And people are always under eating protein. Oh, well, I eat a lot of protein. I eat prime rib and bacon. Guess what? That's mostly fat. It's not protein. Okay. Pork ribs isn't protein, folks. It's fat. So look it up. <laughs> okay. Look it up. So hitting that protein target and getting most of your foods from whole foods, most of your meals from whole foods, meals and snacks from whole foods, and not from processed foods. But then you got to be able to eat processed foods. Why? Because that's the world we live in. I'll give you an example. One of my clients, shout out to you, Dean, if you're listening. He had a daughter. (laughs) He had a a daughter. No, he still has a daughter. He has two. One of them was having a birthday. And he asked me, hey, I know I'm on this this nutrition plan right now because I have a strict nutrition plan that I put my clients on when they first join. That helps them lose somewhere in the neighborhood of four to six pounds in the first week because that's my way of getting them to buy in. Like, okay, all right. Once I have that experience of fat loss, and I'm leaner in one week, all right, I'll listen to what Ted tells me. That's how I get people to listen to me. And that's how I get them to really take the program seriously versus if they would lose maybe one pound or two pounds in that first week. That's natural fluctuation. They couldn't be sure if the the weight was just uh, just normally fluctuating or whether the program was working. Ah, makes sense. That's the stuff you learn after doing this for 21 years. So he was on that plan, but he had a birth, his daughter's birthday coming up, and he's like, "Hey, I, I want to eat some pizza and some ice cream cake with my my daughter." I was like, "Is that okay?" And I said, "Absolutely," because we don't want to be weirdos with our food. We don't want to disconnect from people because social, the social bonds. I hope we've all all started to really take this to heart, being isolated so much. The the connections we have with our fellow human beings, with our family and friends is part of being healthy. And if you're too focused on your keto diet or paleo diet, is this paleo? I'm sorry. I don't know his, I I forgot his daughter's name, but I'm just making it up. I'm sorry, Jessica. I know you're nine years old, but daddy's on a diet and he's eating paleo right now. You know, like cavemen used to eat, except not really, because cavemen didn't eat bison jerky with, um, you know, bison protein powder, right? All the ridiculous stuff. You don't want to do that because the kid's going to grow up a little messed up. It's going to be like, okay, daddy, I just wanted to eat some pizza and some ice cream um, and I'm not fat. And so why are you being such a weirdo? Of course, your children probably won't say that. They just kind of internalize that. It's not healthy, folks. Not healthy at all. You got to be able to to just share in the moment and be with them and to connect with others, and not have to, you know, bring up any of your diet weirdness. So he did that. He was still able to lose weight. In fact, he's down nearly eight or nine pounds. I think in three weeks, and he had ice cream cake and pizza with his daughter on her birthday. That is what I do in my coaching program. You have your cake and eat it too. You get results and you learn how to be a normal person. Yeah, okay. If you want to eat paleo or all organic most of the time, but we learn how to not be weirdos. I used to be a weirdo. That's how I know. It sucked for my social life. Would only go out to eat at organic restaurants. And this was back before Whole Foods bought wild oats. This was 20 years ago, where it was difficult to do that. It was not good for my social life. I want and and I kind of I am so far away from that. I I really help people get away from that. If you want to do it most of the time, cool. But we got to be able to be normal people. And uh let's say this: we gotta be able to nurture our social connections while we're getting lean and in great shape. This episode is sponsored by Organify. Do you want to know a secret that all my coaching clients follow? It's really simple, but powerful. Add vegetables into each meal. But let's be honest, most of us, including myself, don't eat the recommended servings of vegetables and fruits each day. So for those of us who are on the go or have trouble eating healthy, having a greens powder makes it easy to get your greens in every single day, no matter how busy you are. And that's why I use and recommend Organifi Green Juice, a superfood powder that you just add water to so that you can get your greens in even when you're on the go. The best thing about Organifi Green Juice is that it actually tastes great. But don't believe me, try it for yourself. And use the code TED20, that's capital T-E-D, the number 20, at www.organifi.com. That's Organifi.com to receive 20% off your first order. But hurry, this is a limited time discount for Legendary Life listeners. Now, back to the episode. Let's talk about exercise now. We've talked about nutrition, the calorie deficit, the protein, and mostly whole foods, but leaving some room so that you can have a you know meals with your family and friends. What do we do with exercise? Well, number one, we have to prioritize resistance training or weightlifting or bodyweight training. We've got to challenge our muscles in a way that fatigues them and gets them to grow or stimulates them at least in a way that will help you maintain muscle mass. So we prioritize resistance training. Why? Because if you do cardio, you're going to be losing muscle mass. Study after study has shown that that's what happens. And we want to minimize muscle mass loss. So we prioritize resistance training. Now, the good news is um, if if you don't love resistance training, you only have to do it a couple days a week. And I mean two. With my clients, I put them on two days a week minimum. I'm just like, hey, listen, we've got to do two days a week. And that is, and we do total body workouts. Why? Because you want to hit the same muscles two to three times a week. If you're doing that chest on Mondays, back on Tuesdays, legs on Wednesdays, Calves and forearms and shoulders on Thursdays, triceps and biceps on Fridays, please stop doing that. 1980s called, they want their workout back. So what you want to focus on is doing two to four workouts per week, total body, or you can do an upper body. If you're hitting four days a week, you can do an upper lower split. If you don't want to do four days at total body, that can be a bit much. And what you want to do is you want to work each muscle to exhaustion. Oh, but should I use kettlebells? Should I use bands? Should I use body weight? Should I do pull-up? Should I do uh, you know, nautilus machines? No. Do whatever you want, work them to exhaustion. And the second thing is try to do more than what you did last time. Those are the principles. The tools matter, but not as much as you think. So, hey, I did an incline bench press uh with you know, with a barbell, with kettlebells attached with these bands, is that good? Did you work to muscular exhaustion? Yes or no? That's all you have to ask yourself. And are you doing more than what you did last time? Those are the two most important questions you need to ask yourself. And if we want to do a third, did you do it with good technique? Now, here's what I want to tell you after you figure out, okay, am I going to do Two days of total body, because if you're doing two days a week of resistance training, it better be total body. Or if you're doing three days, uh, you could do total body, or you could do an upper, lower, then total body, if you want to do three days a week. Or if you're doing four, you can do total body four days a week, or an upper, lower, upper, lower, right? And do four days a week. Stay away from five days a week of doing resistance training. If you're doing that, you're doing your, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Go listen to someone else's podcast. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That that, I would stay away from that. Um, There's six days a week. You do, you can do a push, pull legs, push, pull legs. I'm not a huge fan of the push, pull legs, but uh, some people get great results with it. But let's talk about the more important stuff. Now, regardless of the split that you choose, uh, and i'll do a whole thing like how do you how do you build a workout program? i'll do that on the next Monday episode for you. But I want to talk about going in, stick with one to two sets per an exercise if you're If you've been out of the game, you haven't been training hard, one to two sets. Well, why would I do that? I want to get three. I want to get in shape faster. You won't get in shape faster. You'll get sore and you'll miss workouts because you'll be so sore you can't even walk or can't lift your arms up. If you are getting sore, so sore that it takes you away from hitting all your workouts in the week, you are doing it wrong. And listen, I've been there and um, I've even made that mistake recently when I lost my ability when I was in Medellin. Colombia. And the gym closed and I had to do I was doing this interval training program and I tried to do it at home uh, and using bodyweight squats instead of the bike. I got super, so sore that I couldn't walk for a couple of days. That it wasn't on purpose. I didn't do it. I was just like, man, what am I going to do here? And I was in pretty good shape. I thought I was going to be able to get away with it, but I got pretty sore. But if you're doing that with resistance training, you're really messing up. In fact, so many people think that soreness means that, they and this is for so long, I'm so glad I, I don't deal with this anymore. In my coaching group, I, I won't put up with it, but with my personal training clients back in Miami Beach, they're like, but I'm not sore. I want to feel like I'm sore. Guess what? There's no connection with soreness and, and growth and, and, and progress. In fact, it's the opposite. You've damaged your muscles. You've injured your muscles. They're sore. They can't move. They need to repair themselves. Just to get back to a baseline, soreness doesn't equal results. Are you getting stronger? Are you doing more reps or and or weight? That's how you know if your program is working. Soreness, I try to never be sore. Now, it happens sometimes, but I try to never be sore. And that's what I would suggest for you. If you get sore, it's okay. But if you're making soreness a goal, you're doing it wrong. So start light. Why? Because here's the thing. If you start light for one week, then the next week you can bump it up to three sets or four sets. But if you try to do three or four sets the first week when you haven't been doing anything, you're gonna be, you're gonna to be too sore, especially if you're not sleeping right, especially if you're still stressed out. So that's what you wanna focus on. Resistance training. Hopefully I've given you enough info on that. Now, where does cardio fit in? Cardio fits in because it helps you burn more energy. Cardio doesn't help you lose weight. Cardio burns energy. If you burn enough energy using, in fact, if you're having to rely on exercise so much to get lean, you are eating too much food. You're eating too, specifically too many calories. You shouldn't need to rely so much on cardio. But then again, you could be at the point where you can't lower your food intake. So increasing cardio might be an option. For example, I had a client recently. I had her on four days of resistance training. I said, Liz, shout out to you. Liz is doing really well in the program. I think she's down eight pounds in a month. I I said, Hey, let's do two of let's change two of your resistance trainings to cardio days. She's like, why would I want to do that? And it's a fair question. Uh, and I'm much easier with the people who are in my coaching group, and I take the time to explain it to them. I said it's just like this. How much think about this. Exercise costs energy. Weight training, think about it. An hour of weight training. how many how many minutes of actual exercise are you doing in an hour of weight training? If you're doing it right because you're resting and you're focusing on pushing yourself, and pushing your muscles to exhaustion, and trying to get one more rep than what you did last time, you've got to rest. So you actually maybe get 15 to 20 minutes of actual exercise, or maybe 25 of actual exercise in in an hour of weight training. Don't believe me, time yourself next time you go to the gym. Set a timer. Every time you do a set, press start, get the timer. Every time you stop a set, press stop. See how much exercise, actual minutes of exercise that you're doing versus if you do an hour of walking, how many minutes of walking is that? Well, that's 60 minutes. If you do 30 minutes of high-intensity interval training, and let's say you're doing you know one of my favorites, eight minutes on, two minutes off, you're getting, oh gosh, try to do math here, 32 minutes of exercise, right? Of straight exercise. And you burn a lot of calories. So that's where cardio fits in. By the way, you don't have to do a, a designated cardio workout. You could also do just get up and walk more, take the stairs more, park farther away from the place where you go shopping. Right in the Walmart parking lot, you park further away, and you just walk your walk. You know, walk yourself to and from the the, the grocery store. The thing is, you burn more energy in a shorter amount of time when you do targeted cardio sessions versus you got you to gotta be a lot more active to burn the same amount of energy Which is taking the stairs more, just walking more. Does that make sense? And so when you put all of these together, you've got to plan for success. Now, other things factor in here, sleep factors in here, stress factors in here. But most most of it's behavioral. Like I know that several studies have shown that if you get good quality sleep, it's going to help you prioritize fat loss. In fact, you can end up losing more muscle if you're not sleeping enough. That said, I'll tell you something. I I was in uh, Medellin in lockdown, and I was sleeping poorly there. I was waking up too early in the morning. It was a struggle to get good quality sleep. And I had the blackout blinds. I had the cool room. I have I was wearing my blue light blocking glasses. But it was the stress of the situation. It was very stressful to be in quarantine and only be able to leave one or two days a week, depending on the, you know, on this bi-weekly rotation. But as soon as I got to Vero Beach, Florida, which was an extremely stressful situation, I started sleeping better right away. Just because of the stress. The only big thing that changed is, hey, I'm home. I'm home in the US. And um, what I'm getting at here is, I got very lean under those poor sleep conditions in Colombia. And I've been emotionally eating because of my father. You know, I've been, that's how I've been uh, handling my emotions. I've been drinking wine, I've been eating food, you know, and I've gotten a little fatter even though I've been sleeping better. So I don't see a situation where sleep will stop you 100% from getting into great shape. It won't. It's more of the behavioral stuff that happens with poor sleep. For example, people don't have energy levels, high energy levels. They're like, oh my gosh, I did not sleep. And you got to kind of force yourself to get up and moving. That's really what I see in my client's. Granted, that's not a science experiment, but just uh, an observation. Obviously, what the science says is true, but in the real world, not in laboratory conditions, I think it plays out because it affects your behavior more than anything else. So we're not going to talk any more about sleep or stress uh, because I feel like the biggest issues there are behavioral, but I will mention that that last thing, like if you aren't getting good quality sleep and it's because you're you know, not paying attention to it, getting that seven to nine hours of sleep is going to help you get better results with fat loss. That's something called nutrient partitioning, uh, and you'll build more muscle. You'll get better results. So definitely do it. But it, I'm just saying it's not going to be, it's not going to stop you from getting results. They just won't be as optimized. And so that's how I want you to think about going back into the gym and getting yourself in shape. Make sure that you focus on your nutrition first. That is the weak link for most people. And most people think they're doing way better than they're actually doing. How do I know that? Because as soon as I hop on the first call with my clients, that intro call where I take them through what they're going to be doing nutrition-wise and I show them, okay, so what are the protein foods that you're eating? And they look at the 80, 20% ground beef and they see that 70% of the calories are coming from fat and only say 20-something percent of the calories are coming from protein. They've been making some poor decisions. They've been eating, and I'll tell you, now it's obvious when you're eating a lot of junk food, hey, cut that out, right? But if uh, there's a lot of people out there who are eating quote unquote good quality food, especially people who've come from the low carb and keto communities who've kind of fallen off, right, because it's just too strict, and they think they're making good choices for protein, they're like, "Hey, I had some pork ribs. Hey, I had some um, you know, I had some 80/20 ground beef. Hey, I had what else is uh you know, oh, I'm eating ribeye steak. That's a good source of protein too. Yeah, you're getting a lot of fat in there. And it's probably sabot if you're having too much of it, the calories from fat are too high and stopping you from getting lean. It's one of the most common things. The first most common thing that I think people deal with is they just eat too much junk food. But that's for you listening to this podcast. You're probably on, on point with, You know, you eat some junk. Like I had a client tell me, oh, well, you know, I I, I ate some, I eat a pint of ice cream every six weeks. I'm like, that's not the problem. The pint of ice cream every six weeks isn't the thing that's making you fat, is eating 80, 20% ground beef every day and pork ribs every day and ribeye steak every day or very fatty salmon every day. Thinking that you're getting a lot of protein and you're and you're getting a ton of calories from fat, and you have no idea because you just you're thinking about food superficially. and that those are the types of things that I help clear up with my clients. And in one week, they get results, and you can get great results too, but you gotta change what you're doing, and you gotta uh, kind of realize that if you're not getting results, you're definitely doing something wrong, and it's probably with nutrition. So keep that in mind. Also shoot for that 0.7 to 1.2 grams of protein per a pound of body weight. If you're more overweight or obese, stick with the 0.7. If you're normal weight and looking to get, you know, lean, stay in the, you know, 0.7 to 1.2 depending on how much protein you can get yourself to eat. And then make sure most of your foods are coming from whole foods, 80 to 90%. But then You know, have that 10 or 20% where it's coming from, you know, having, uh, going out and spending time with your family and friends, but still keep this calories the same, right? Keep that calorie deficit. When it comes to weight training, make sure you're doing at least two days to maintain or even build muscle. And if you haven't been in the gym in a while, start with one or two sets, and make sure that you take them to exhaustion and try to do more than what you did last time. Avoid failure. Uh, With cardio, understand that, oh, if I'm doing a lot of weight training, but I'm not getting the level of leanness, maybe I can cut back on a little bit of the weight training like my client Liz, and you can add in a bit of cardio there and see if it helps put you into that calorie deficit. How will you know? You start to get leaner. And ladies and gentlemen, and gentlemen, I just want to leave you with this: not everybody can have an award-winning physique, not everybody can be a gold medal athlete or a professional basketball player, but every single one of you listening right now, every single one of you, can lose fat and get into a healthy body fat range. That is not too much to ask. That is that's what should be, um, you know, what we should all strive for. And if you're not getting the results that It's not your metabolism. It's not your age. It's not pre-menopause. It's not post-menopause. It's not low T. It's none of those things. It's not high cortisol. It's none of those things. It is your approach isn't working because you don't know what you're doing. Something is wrong. Keep that in mind. And if you want me to coach you through this, go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash challenge and join my challenge. Again, it's on hold for a little bit. We're full with clients right now, and I've got a full plate helping my dad get back in shape and being here for him physically and emotionally, and I'm helping him do a couple other things, cleaning up his cluttered house and some other things. So it's going to be a little while, but we're shooting for the end of June as when we're going to launch it. So again, if you're if you're wanting to be part of that, go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash challenge. And that's all I got for you today. Remember, take it slow, be methodical, make sure you're staying results oriented and know that if you're not getting results, that means you need to tweak something, but you can't get back in shape. You haven't ruined your metabolism or wrecked your metabolism or anything like that. The stress of the quarantine and the coronavirus, it's not stopping you. But knowing what to do and then taking action on those things is stopping you from getting the results you want. And this week's uh, Real Talk Friday, I'm going to be talking about how breakdowns are really an opportunity to break through to the next level of your life. And that's what I got in store for you on Real Talk Friday. Love you. Hope you enjoyed this. Stay strong out there. Things are opening back up. Take care of your health and I'll speak to you on Friday.